welcome back to On Being People, our uh, podcast here at St. Paul's Castle Hill, where we explore what it means to be people made in God's image. What is a human being from God's point of view? I'm here once again with uh, Paul Lucas. G'day, Paul. Hi, Keith. Good to be with Good you again, mate. Good to be with you too. And our wonderful producer, Hugh, is twiddling all the knobs and buttons. G'day, Hugh. How you going? Hello. Good. It's nice to be back. It is. We're actually doing this a different way just to show our cards, lift up the screen and show you underneath. We're doing this uh, on screens via the internet. Isn't technology wonderful? We're really getting it done. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, pandemic. But for such the skills as it's taught us. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> such is our commitment to the people. The people demand another episode. And so we are plowing onwards. I don't well, know where you're seeing those demands, but yeah, no, that's... I'll, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> when I say the people, my wife said, Are you ever going to do one of those things again? So I take that as the people. <laughs> So here we are, and uh, uh, we've had lots of fun exploring all different aspects of what it means to be people, Uh, and today, well, we're taking our inspiration from Chris Pratt. Uh, Chris Pratt, as you might know, is uh, Star-Lord from the Marvel movie franchise. He was in the uh, Jurassic Park movies and I think Parks and Recreation as well, but anyway, he I am Groot. He, um, he made an acceptance speech at the MTV Awards, and uh, we might play a clip of that. Number two, you have a soul. Be careful with it. So there you have it. You have a soul. Take care of it. Now, why would he use a platform like an award speech to say something like that? I think Mr. Pratt is actually a Christian, and I think he is getting at something profound about not only sort of who we are, but what we are. And we thought that might be a good thing to explore today. What do you reckon, Paul? What we are. I think it's a good idea to explore that. Let's give it yeah. a crack. Yes, in the most informative way. <laughs> informative. That we can. informative and yet not comprehensive. <laughs> uh, yeah, why not? So, um, we hear a lot about body and soul. Um, you know, well-being is a thing these days. And, you know, when people talk about well-being, we're supposed to look after not just our bodies with exercise and diet and all that sort of stuff, but we're supposed to look after our souls and our minds and all of that kind of stuff. So uh, are we a body and a soul? What has the Bible got to say about all that? What, where should we jump in, Paul? Well, straight to the yeah, Bible. Yeah, why not? Well, uh, what, 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 whatever we are, it's important because Psalm 8 says that we are in the mind of God so, or that he's mindful of us. So whatever we are is important. Yes. What is the us of uh, which he is mindful? <laughs> yes, that's, that's yes. the question. And, and I guess, well, one place you could start is that we are told uh, we, we worship with our whole yep. selves. So we love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. So there's four things in that that kind of seem to make yep. us up. Heart, would you say? Soul, mind, strength. Yeah, that's that's out of Jesus' mouth. So as well. Yeah. When he's, yeah. So 
but is our soul the same thing as our is it our mind or uh or our yeah there's more questions than answers at the moment in my head about this. Well, that's right. Because the other place my mind goes, and I, I, I'm sorry this is just a flurry of ideas, but that's one place my mind goes. Another place my mind goes is, um, is Genesis 2 okay. when uh, God creates Adam and Eve and he creates Eve and Adam set, notices something that about her that is the same as him. And he says, this is flesh of my flesh, bones of my, a bone of my bones. So he makes the comment about the physicalness of what it is to be human, this part of yes. creation. So that's another place my mind goes. Um, there's also places in the Bible where it talks about uh, flesh and blood. Um, so that's part of what makes yes. us up. But then I think about things like, sorry, again, this is just a flurry of ideas. I think about things like Matthew 16 and Mark yeah. 8 where it says, um, what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their mm. soul? So you're giving something up it's some, about being yeah. human if you gain the whole world. It seems like there is uh, something about the, the us-ness, the I-ness of me that is tied up with the soul. And I think, I think there is something in that. Um, I... My mind went to Jesus' words in Matthew 10 where he says, don't be yep. afraid of those who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather soul. be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. So there seems to be yeah. there's a two, two sort of parts of us there. It's clumsy language, but um, he seems to be making a distinction there. That is the soul... Um, is is something intrinsic to what it means to be to be us. It's it's our identity. If someone points to someone as a person, they're saying pointing to someone who has a soul, and their their mm. their isness, their iness, <laughs> is bound yeah. up with having a soul. So it's more than just um, just the the combination of their body working well. It's more than just a brain that is functioning healthily. There's there's something something else that's sort of animating us that that we refer to as me, that is our soul. Does that what does that mean? Is that is do you think that's a distinction within creation? So is that something that's distinct to the human part of creation, the humanity part of creation, or do you think a soul extends across all of, say? You know, animals and well, I'm, I'm not sure we're told much. So if we if we we you know we we've got either revelation or speculation, <laughs> um, mm. and yeah, yeah, I'm not sure we're told much that animals have a soul. I think we're we're certainly yeah, told true. that human beings are. Um, Jesus refers to his own soul, uh, and if Jesus is you know, the image of God, then we've got something there, I guess, as yeah. a, you know, an archetype, um, which makes sense of him referring to all human beings, you know, don't, don't fear the one who can destroy the body, not the soul. Mm. Uh, and yeah. the, I guess that that's sort of reinforced by that Old Testament idea of the God breathing into the, the dust to animate. Um, 
Adam and Eve, yep. but we're not told of that sort of breathing process for other, the other animals. They're just created with the word, you know. Yeah, according yeah. to their kind. So um, yeah. it's possible, but but your guess is as good as mine. Um, certainly, yeah. if we tie personality to soul, and I think there's something in that, then you know you might some animals exhibit what we would call personality, particularly. You know, like a, a a faithful dog that sort of knows mm. their master well and know, can read the moods of their master, read their behaviour, and all those sorts of things. You know, mm. maybe that's a clue, but but who knows? Yeah, I think just lis- listening to you talk, then also, like, you know, whether it's a dog or a bird or something, those those kind of creatures go about what they do according to the way that they've been made, and they do those kinds of things. But when you hear things like what good will it do for someone to gain the whole world? There's something about humans that are trying to push yes. further than, uh, than, the, than their own limits than their own maybe even potential um, that, that maybe other creatures don't, which either keeps us in line with God or in conflict with God. Yes. Well, I wonder if that is part of our uh, being created to be co-rulers of the creation with God, you know, that, the 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 yeah. um, dominion kind of mandate in creation um, that that sets us off like that we we want to kind of create in the different parts of the world that we are but that creation can either be a good and glorifying of God type creation and dominion or it can be building our own mini Babels um, so that we the glory goes to us yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, I suspect part of us being made in the image of God, being given that that kind of soul breathed in by God, is so that we can rule over the earth, have dominion over it. That is, take care of it under God's care. Um, yeah. And that is part of our type, if you like. Paul, I was going to ask actually, can you explain the context of that um, that Bible verse in Matthew about what does it, you know, what good is it for a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? What you know, what's written around that, kind of what are they specifically kind of referring to in that section? Yeah, well, in both Matthew 16 and Mark 8, it's uh, Jesus predicting his death. So he's saying the Messiah must come, die, and three days later be raised again. Um, And then he says, if you want to be my disciple, then you need to take up your cross and follow me. Uh, And then he says, for everyone to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. And then the next thing is, what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? So the context is, what is it you're looking to gain? And if you feel like you're just trying to gain your own life, then actually you're giving it up. But if you give it up for me, then you will gain that. Um, So you're not gaining the world, you're actually gaining the creator of it, if you like, um, Mm. in a manner of speaking. So you gain a lot, you actually gain what is actually life, not what we think life should be. That's the it's context. interesting there. Yeah, the parallel with um, with life is the soul there, isn't it? So you, you think yeah. you're gaining life, but you're actually giving up your soul. You're giving up you your life, what it means for you to be, oh, I'm going to use the language of truly human or, or, or human at all. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, there is that sort of uh, language in our vernacular about, you know, selling your soul to the devil, um, mm. meaning 
you've kind of given up your your motivating forces or um, the things that drive you, the things that are you. To you've you, you've given up the goodness of that to to someone else who's going to only use it for bad. You know, you've yeah you've tried to make a deal in order to get something that you thought was good, but in the end, it's going to bring you misery. And it's that same kind of aspect. Um, yeah. Now, why, why is this even a thing? Well, I think there's, there is a, a drive to, to understand human beings as purely material. That is, um, we, this is called monism. That is, we, we are just physical and any of the, the um, things that look like they are us are just sort of byproducts of chemicals and uh, stuff working in our brain and as a result of stuff working in our body, you know, blood flowing and all that kind of stuff. Um, it seems a deeply dissatisfying. Yeah. It does. View of human beings. I, I don't even think it gel. I don't even know if it passes the pub test. Let me put it that way. <laughs> it doesn't. Because when I think about, like, is a, forgive me if I'm getting my philosophers mixed up, but the Gnostics had this view of being body and soul as well, except one was bad and one was good. Yeah. Is that the Gnostics? Yeah. And, um, you know, you could do whatever you wanted with the body. It's make sure you're maintaining the soul. Mm. So there's that. The, the, there's they have the two but they they're separate they're not they're not making up the one um being yeah the bot the body's a cage yeah you know or something to be tried you try and shed it yep to an order or you or it's plasticine mm. to to do with whatever you want in order to express the inside you which is the real you yeah which is anti what god would say because he cares about all of us all all yeah. Our flesh as well as our soul, because I think I saw this quote by um, Christoph Schoebel, and he says at the end of this part, he said the revelation of God in Christ is the foundation for what it means to be human. So not only did Jesus have a soul, as you said before, he had a body. The body was broken yeah. and it was restored. So yeah. both things matter to God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we touched on this a little bit in the the episode on the resurrection, didn't we? That the resurrection of Jesus' body affirms the value of our body. Mm. And there is language uh, in the New Testament that sort of sounds a little bit like that Gnostic thing. Um, and people sort of attack that in the Bible. That, Like um, in 2 Corinthians 5, Paul talks about our bodies as a tent. Yeah you know, as this sort of temporary thing that we are dwelling in, but we long for a more permanent dwelling, um, which I think he's referring to there is the resurrection body. Now, the, the thing is, he's not saying bodies are bad because we're going to get the more permanent dwelling, you know, the more glorious dwelling. Um, but he is acknowledging that, that uh, in this fallen world, our bodies... Uh, are subject to things that they won't be in the future. That we, you know, we're subject to disease and and weakness and um, frailty and tiredness and all of those kinds of things. Mm. So uh, yeah, it's a sniff of that kind of view. But it's but when you just look at it 
for a second longer, you see that it can't support that kind of Gnostic view. It's um, we are body and soul and both are important. And uh, the, the body uh, will be transformed to be like Jesus' glorious body. Paul says that in I think, Philippians 3. At the end there, he says, well, you know, our lowly bodies will be like his glorious body. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, mm. body and soul, but all together. Yeah, Hugh? When you mention that, you're talking about the way that the physical body decays with age and time, but then is restored in heaven. Yeah. Is the, does it ever talk about the soul? Can the soul, you know, be destroyed or, or, or decay as, as you age or, or as time goes on and also that be restored as well? Or is that the soul something that can be kept intact throughout a human life until the end? Question. That is a great question. And I think that that's, you know, the, the nub of this question, I think the, the who I am, the, that I-ness that goes through to heaven is being restored, but started now. Um, my body won't be restored till I get the resurrection body, but the, mm. the soul is being restored right now. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in us, renovating us, um, you know, uh, wherever the Spirit of Christ is, there is a new creation, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5. Mm. Um, and that new creation is in us right now. So the soul is kind of the, that, that is the I that will go through into heaven in, like it's hard to know, it, hard to see that I'll have a body that's greater than what I'm inhabiting now. Yeah. Uh, and we do have cameras on this podcast, but the promise is it will be greater. It'll be a glorious body, right? And, um, and but, but it'll be me inhabiting it, the me that God rescued, yeah. the me that God loved at the cross. Uh, the me that God is renovating will will come to a completion of that renovation yeah. in in heaven to mm. inhabit that body soul in the future. Mm. That's a wonderful promise. So um, at the end of one Thessalonians, we just started looking at this in church, and um, this is one of the verses that got me thinking about all of this whole thing. Right at the end, Paul says, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through, right? Make you holy all the way through all of you. Yeah. And then he says, may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. Does he say spirit, soul, and body? He does. Okay. <laughs> he says, may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, now, like, firstly, that what he's saying is the whole of us is being renovated. Um, that it, or or may, may the whole of you be made holy. And uh, really, it's from our soul outwards to our body that we act, right? So the soul contains our heart, our mind, our will. Um, our thoughts, all of that as makes up our soul from the inside. They're all, all part of it, I think. And from that, we move outwards to our body where we act on those things uh, uh, upon other people. Um, and he's saying all of that, your inner and your outer, be made holy, be kept blameless until the coming of that day. So there's this 
sense of there, there it is, there, there we are, there's all of us. Uh, and he's saying, God is working in all of you to, by his spirit, by his spirit to make you holy. Um, may it be so until he comes again. It's fascinating. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, that's, it is fascinating. And going back to your question there, Hugh, in my mind, oh, I can't remember if it's 1 Corinthians 15 or not, but there's a place where it talks about our body is corrupting and getting old and ageing, but our soul is moving in the other direction. So, but they'll, eventually they'll be both perfected uh, at the end. Uh, yeah, as we're, as we're prepared for uh, the new heavens and the new earth. And in that context, though, is it that our soul is being perfected or our soul is moving in reverse to our bodies if we nurture and take care of it? Is that the same thing? Like if we, you know, abandon our souls or, you know, sell our soul for want of a better phrase, like is, you know, is it only kind of going towards where we want it to go if we look after it? Yeah, because I think that's part of the sanctification in terms of how we're growing and being perfected, our character being um, uh, changed to be more like what it is to be in the image of God as well. So we're ready and prepared for the new heaven and the new earth because uh, mm. so we already have a body that can inhabit it, which is going to be restored. Uh, that's Because that's for me it's kind of like, yeah, I've got this body and it's growing old, but if I, when you become a Christian and a new creature, that's the time when you start to grow. And so there is a growth at the same time there's a decline in the physical. But, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, no, Very no. I, so. I think yeah. that's that's good, and and yes, we do have to look after our soul. I think, um, Hugh, that's uh, Paul says in Galatians five. You know, keep in step with the Spirit. Um, that is, we're called on by God to be uh, a cooperative with the Spirit of God in the renovation of our soul. That is, you know, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's a that's a call to action. Um, be sanctified um, through and through. That's a, that's a call to action. Keep in step with the Spirit. Um, there's, it's expressed that that partnership is expressed well in Philippians. Um, you know, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That's a call to us to action. For it is God who works in you to will and act according to fulfill his good purpose. That's God in us. So how, how do we look after our soul? How do we nurture our soul? We, we, we listen to the word of God and let it soak into us and cooperate with, uh, yeah. with its instruction and with the promptings of the spirit based on that instruction within situations. So, um, you know, where, where a, a desire comes upon us, um, at that moment there, we look after our soul by choosing the new self being made to be like Christ and getting rid of the old and choosing not to be like the old self. That That is the care, the nurture of our soul. That mm. is the curation of it uh, to be more in the image of, of Christ, Christ. Mm. that will go through to heaven, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it really does. That's great. And if I could build on that with a bit of counterculturalism, I think, other people's, like your souls matter to me as well. So mm -hmm. I don't want to get caught up mm. in an individualistic, it's me trying to get there, it's us trying to get there, and, it, yeah. and which, which says to me that you are a human being who matters because your soul matters to me as well. 
Yeah. And that, uh, you know, Colossians 1.28, we tell you this so that we might see you mature in Christ when he returns. So there's that, um, the, the counterculturalism of this is it's not just me trying to get there as an individual, but your soul matters to me as well, which, yeah. which, which you know, because being human is not just about what, what, so sorry, what it is to be human is just not about what my makeup is, but it's how I relate to you. And so yes. your soul matters to me as well. Yeah, no, do you that's, that's what. That's right. Do you think that's what it means in Proverbs talking about iron sharpening iron? To you know, we're not really sharpening each other physically, but we're there to, I guess, sharpen each other's souls in in a way. That's part of it. Yep. Mm. Yeah, definitely. That is part of it. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's that's a really helpful corrective, Paul, about uh, the self focus. Um, we're called to be. Uh, individuals in community, aren't we? Mm. So it's about uh, you matter because you matter to God and you matter to me because you matter to God. Mm. That's what we're called to. So in a sense, we're looking after each other's souls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's not cancelling out the individual. The individual. It's saying that each individual matters because we care yeah. for each other. Yeah. I think that's one of the things, maybe the misconceptions about Christianity is that it's, it's not taking away your uniqueness or your individuality or who you are. It's actually giving it to you. Yes. Because Christ died mm. for each one of us. And, and because you're an individual, you matter, and you matter to me as you matter to Christ. Yeah, and that's actually, uh, you know, if you dig into it, that's a foundation of individualism in the West. You know, it came out of Christianity yeah. because... Uh, because the individual is is highlighted in in the Bible, you know, Paul says Christ loved me and gave Himself up for me, um, in a way that was sort of almost revolutionary to the, a complete communal think. Mm. Um, but it's it it's gone too far. It's gone. All that yeah. matters is the me. Um, whereas what you see, especially in the New Testament, is the individual matters. The individual matters in community. Yeah. And they're both true. I think Paul hits a high point with that in Philippians 1, 21, when he talks about for me uh, to live is Christ and to die is gain. And then after that, he says, you know, I want to, I want to go and be with Christ because that's better. But you know what? Yep. It's better for you if I stay. And that's kind of a high point of how this community works and how we care for each other and for each individual. Yeah, that's great. That's good. Very good. So what are we going to do with this um, 1 Thessalonians 5 thing, Paul? With Are we body and soul or are we, we body, soul and spirit? Or um, You said I did have to it, nail my colours to the mast. <laughs> no, we don't, ha- we don't have to. We can just have a conversation. Um, but, but do you know there's so much uh, angst about that, that question? <laughs> Uh, yeah. Amongst amongst all sorts of commentators, yeah, and I think um, I've seen that many different drawings of what a human being looks like in circles and Venn diagrams and <laughs> and all these sorts of things about this body soul body soul spirit kind of thing. Um, it's it's intrigued me, um, you know, as I was preparing for one of the sermons in this one Thessalonian series, yeah. Uh, and thinking about the the deep conviction that the spirit creates in a genuine Christian, yep, uh, it drove me over to Romans eight sixteen, where it says, you know, 
the spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, testifies with our spirit, lowercase s spirit, that we are children of God. Um, and I was like, what, what does that mean? What's going on there inside of me? Um, you know, I'd, I'd like to know that. Mm. Um, uh, and yet in other places, um, you're just trying to do a bit of digging and think that the word spirit seems to be interchanged with soul. They're like almost like synonyms. Mm. Um, so you have the, the, in Hebrews, you join with the great cloud of witnesses that, whose spirits are in heaven, right? So the spirit seems to be a way of what what carried through from them mm. to heaven. But in Revelation, you, you have, I see the souls of those who were slain there in, in heaven, and it, it, they almost seem to be synonyms in those two different expressions. So um, I don't know if the spirit is then a subset of the soul, like it was the animating part of our soul in a way that our thoughts and our emotions aren't animating of us or mm. I, I don't know what it, yeah what do you reckon uh, <laughs> is, is, that... is, is there a sense in which when we're we're not believers um our, our spirit is kind of that of the world yep um and then once once we uh, repent and believe then the spirit is our spirit. So we still have the same soul. It's just now directed differently. Yeah. I, I just throwing an idea out there. I, I, no, I like that idea. I think that's something like that. That is the Holy Spirit doesn't sort of come in and uh, overwhelm us such that we lose who we are. But he, his role is, is to, you know, he indwells us some way, shape or form. We're not, mm. we're not given the mechanics of it. But he doesn't overtake us. He doesn't, um, uh, you know, uh, override our operating system completely, such that we're not us anymore. Yeah. He 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 is renewing us. He is making us uh, more authentic as to what we were meant to be, if you like. Um, so our spirit within us stays, and he's testifying with our spirit. Yeah. Um, that we're children of God. So there's something about that, that, that our spirit inside us animating us. Yeah, that's um, really good, actually, because when you think about the Matthew 16 quote, what does it um, benefit of someone to gain the whole world but forfeit their soul? It's not saying a soul changes in that, is it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you still have the soul, but there's something that affects it. Yeah. Can I say that? Something yeah, that I think that's right. And then that makes sense then of, um, you know, your the renewing, of your mind mm. um, is yeah. is intimately connected with your soul. Mm. That is your your mind, mm. your thoughts, your intellect, your reason is part of your soul. That's where there's this sort of um, interface between the physical and the soul. That the brain, the brain is our thinking and feeling kind of engine of the body. Yep. And yet, it's it's directly related to the the soul, the eye, the eye, who thinks, not the the eye that are looking bit, but the I, capital I I, who is the thinking is is the soul. But I need my brain to be able to do that thinking yeah. and, and to recognize myself and to and to have a mind to be renewed and to be conscious that I'm renewing my mind by the word, the spirit, and the word, you know, changing 
yeah. my thoughts and that sort of thing. Is it? Yeah. No, that's good. Actually, Mark Stevens recently wrote a book on thinking, which actually um, expounds that a little bit, which might be helpful to read, a short read. So, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that's good. Very good. Shall we move to the next thing? Or do we, oh, actually, we haven't really, have we applied it yet? How's it implications? I suppose we did when we talked about community um, and how, it, uh, how we view others. I guess, mm. and what's important to us. Yeah, well, I think one of the other implications is um, the, you know, if you take Jesus' quote that we taught, started with, that the the soul is is essential to who you are, mm. and is in a sense it's immortal. It's created by God to be immortal. Mm. That that who we are will carry on. Um, and the I-ness of us is our soul. It, that, that will carry on. And so we are, you know, we are infinitely valuable, infinitely precious. Um, we sort of touched on this in our first thing, I think, when we talked about being in the image of God. But it's, 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 this is part of that. Because we're, we will live forever, the I of us, we get new bodies, but who we are will live forever, even as we're transformed. Mm. Um, I've got to view you as that <laughs> yeah. in my interactions with you, with anyone. Um, uh, and that that value transcends outward appearance. So it transcends whether you're rich or poor or what ethnicity you're from or what political values you have or what, you know, people are infinitely valuable. That's got to be the basis of our interactions with other human beings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that's um, good. And I think, um, I think a monistic view of human beings is just physical and, and personality is incidental. It's almost an accident of the body. Mm. I think enormously devalues people. They really, they end up being, a lump of cells with electricity in them. Mm. Um, and so what? Yeah. Yeah, it means nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think all right. oh, this flows into our ethics, our thinking about behaviours and treatment of other human beings. That's why, you know, the plight of refugees matters. This, these are infinitely valuable souls. Oh, they're, yeah. they're um, yeah. Yeah, that's right. It flows into all those kinds of areas. And I think it matters too uh, uh, when we think about uh, this virus that we're living with. Yep. You know, deaths are um, awful for mm. that reason. They, they are human souls who maybe, maybe haven't done business with God to live with him forever yet. Um, yeah. And mm. we, we want to... Death is an awful thing. Um, for the Christian, it's still an awful thing, but it's a comma, not a full stop. But it's it's an awful thing. So when we're thinking about how to love our neighbours, we want to preserve their health and we want to avoid their death because they're infinitely valuable. Yeah, that's right. Well, death is an evil, really. I, I was. Um, it's interesting, this pandemic, how much weight we are giving to the physical, though. Like we're pouring mm-hmm. billions of dollars into research and vaccines and keeping people alive, stopping them from getting sick. 
Um, there is a massive uh, emphasis on that kind of thing in this pandemic. Um, and maybe and maybe you know the death side of things, which is just so tragic in this, is where we start thinking about the soul. Because <laughs> mm. in some ways, with all the stuff we're thinking about medically and scientifically, that's that's really for the physical, right? Mm. Uh, I mean, I think we're understanding that mental health is becoming an issue in lockdown and things like that, which matters as well. But I just wonder whether, you know, an undercurrent of who we are as humans uh, apart from God is, well, the physical is what we've got. And God's sure. saying, actually, that's not all there is. There's more. Yeah. No, 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 that, that's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is also true that, you know, we we are an embodied soul. <laughs> so yeah. un- unless our bodies are healthy, our soul's affected. You know, there's a, there's a, yep. a, a me- enmeshed relationship between the two. So we mm. want people to be healthy for the good of their body and for the good of their soul. Yeah, okay. Um, I think, I think the, I'm just thinking that is that really the intention though? Oh, sure. Intent, yeah. Yeah, yeah or yeah, the motive, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, that, we don't need to push pursue that, but yeah, oh, I love that those things come up, brother. This, <laughs> this is the fun of all this. Seriously, yeah, this is good. So many questions and things to think about, which yeah. is good. Yeah. yeah, and how and how do we line those things up with the gospel? If we're talking, you know, so if we're thinking about how much money and resource and stuff we're pouring into keeping the body well, and you're right, if the body is well, I guess the soul is better. Although we tend to even still neglect God when the body is well. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how are we? How is the gospel speaking into that to say, well, yeah, we believe the body matters too, but there's something bigger. Um, I'm not sure how we get that across, but I think that's got to be a consideration. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and and why uh, churches must continue to yeah. uh, proclaim the gospel and 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 preach the word because we. We have the cure of souls, right? That's what uh, in the old Anglican uh, parlance, the the uh, the minister was called a curate because they had the cure of souls. That is, they were meant to be the ones looking after the souls of the people by by prayer and the word. That is, we look after souls by um, you know pointing people to God in His Word and helping them renew their minds keeping in step with the spirit by pointing people to the spirit in, in the word and all of that sort of stuff. So, Wow, that's, yeah. that's great. Getting a bit of is Anglicanism in there. There you go, I better. Well, do you know the etymology of the word cure? Like is it come from shepherd or something? Or? Uh, no, I think that's, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's to do with that cure of. Okay. Literally the cure of souls, yeah. Cool. Yeah, and Excellent. vicar was because you were the. Uh, vicariously ruling in your parish on behalf of the bishop. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh Whereas rector, <laughs> rector is Latin, comes from the Latin rex for king. So if you're a rector, you're king of your parish. There's no one else. You're not ruling for anyone else. It's a terrible word. It is. <laughs> anyway, we digress. We digress, yes. Maybe we should come back. <laughs> Well, Paul, what about some great moments in theological anthropology? 
on this matter. <laughs> Thank you, Keith, for passing that all over. Um, I've read a few things on this and I've settled on something that uh, is from a newer book. Uh, we've actually quoted from this book before by Brian Rosner. Really, actually, I think it's an excellent book, known by God. So if you can get your hands on it, read it. Um, uh, so the quote I've come to, he has a, a chapter in there on who we, what we are, and he sums the chapter up like this. He says, the Bible's anthropological terms highlight our essence, our limitations and potential. We are more than our bodies but not less than them. Being embodied, we are social beings defined, defined by our relationships. We are also flesh, that is, frail and weak, driven by our desires, which are often harmful and in opposition to God. As beings with mind and heart, we are capable of higher thoughts and the deepest emotions. And as souls and spirits, so he puts those together, souls and spirits, we are alive and have the capacity to connect with the living God. To neglect any one of these dimensions is to distort uh, to, to, is to distort human identity. Taken together, this multidimensional perspective undermines the dominant materialist view in Western societies today that humans are human beings are simply animals with big brains. <laughs> <laughs> so I think he, he draws together a lot of what we just talked about, actually. Yeah. And, and earlier in the chapter, he says that uh, in Paul's letters, he uses the word body, flesh, soul, spirit, mind, heart, and inner being. Uh, in line with the Old Testament's anthropology, these are the best understood as aspects of a human being rather than parts of a human being. They represent human existence viewed from different angles. Uh, so all of those things make up human, which came up in our conversation, um, and he's saying that they're all aspects of us, not different parts. So I thought that was really so helpful. So one jewel viewed with different facets rather than many jewels all mashed together. A lovely analogy, mate. Yeah, right. you, you, are, you are a diamond in the rough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I can look at you from different angles. It's still the same diamond. <laughs> uh, very good. That's good. That's helpful. Thank you for pointing us to that. And that book by Rosner is, is gold. Yeah, it's very uh, good. So, yeah. Yeah, so there's the uh, great moment for today. Well, we come to uh, one of the very exciting parts of our time together where we start to think about, where we get a bit uh, cultured and we think about some poetry. And so, Keith, we're going to pass the ball to you now for some some, wonderful some poetry. culture. More culture than a tub of yogurt. Here we go. <laughs> Oh, no. Our in-house poet has spoken. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, so um, my task is to try and find something on our topic of the day. Uh, I I did have my own crack at it again. Um, You may or may not be pleased to know. Um, So uh, this poem is called body and soul and it goes like this you're naught but electricity wrapped in skin tapped the troll such a cajole took its toll left me in a hole so past his comments i hastily did scroll 
my goal? To console my soul. For the role of my soul is crucial to my whole. Wherever I stroll, I am body and soul. I like it. I think, yeah, I like it too. I especially like how you came in with such strong energy. (laughs) It's really hitting it, hitting it from the top. And an edgy Scottish accent. (laughs) Well, I I think the word troll just triggers a a Shrek uh, meme in my head. That's true. Yeah. It's fair. Uh, Well, there you go. Very good. Did you? Is that where you wanted to no, live? No, no. You will all be happy to know that there are people who can actually write poetry, uh, and this one I found is excellent. Uh, it's by Harriet Beecher Stowe, who you may or may not know is the author of Uncle Tom's Cabin, the big the book Cabin, that yeah. uh, was influential in uh, overturning the, the slave trade. Uh, Harriet Beecher Stowe was a Christian married to a pastor, uh, and she wrote this, which, um, well, let me just let it speak for it. It's called The Mystery of Life, written in 1858. Life's mystery, deep, restless as the ocean, hath surged and wailed for ages to and fro. Earth's generations watch its ceaseless motion as in and out of its hollow moanings flow. Shivering and yearning by that unknown sea, let my soul calm itself, O Christ, in thee. Life's sorrows with inexorable power sweep desolation o'er this mortal plain, and human loves and hopes fly as the chaff borne by the whirlwind from the ripened grain. Ah, when before that blast my hopes all flee, let my soul calm itself, O Christ, in thee. Between the mysteries of death and life, thou standeth loving, guiding, not explaining. We ask, and thou is silent, and yet we gaze, and our charmed hearts forget their drear complaining. No crushing fate. No stony destiny, O Lamb, that has been slain, we find in thee. The many waves of thought, the mighty tides, the ground swell that rolls up from other lands, from far-off worlds, from dim eternal shores, whose echo dashes on life's wave-worn strands, this vague, dark tumult of the inner sea grows calm, grows bright, O risen Lord, in thee. Thy pierced hand guides the mysterious wheels. Thy thorn-crowned brow now wears the crown of power. And when the dread enigma presseth sore, thy patient voice saith, Watch with me one hour. As sinks the moaning river in the sea, in silver peace so sinks my soul in thee. That's really good. That's how you write poetry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is just that beautiful. Is very good. And I couldn't help thinking about that hymn as well with my soul as you're um, reading through that. That was, mm. nearly, great place. that was nearly my contender. 
Oh, okay. But, uh, I found this. I'm glad you went there because that's his world by soul is kind of an obvious one, but that's that part comes great, mate. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, it is well with my soul. What a place to leave it today. Absolutely. Well, thanks for joining us. It's good to be with you, Keith, and have the discussion. And Hugh, for your fantastic questions and input as usual. No um, worries. It's fantastic. Uh, so some of the things that uh, if you have any questions, let us know from what we talked about today. Uh, we also talked about uh, Known by God, um, a book by Brian Rosner. It's worth getting your hands on. And we talked from Mark and a few places in the New Testament about, uh, about the soul. So you can look those things up and check them out. And if you have any questions, let us know. It's been really good to be with you. And, uh, and until next time, uh, we, I hope you go well, especially in this lockdown. Blessings. Blessings. See you then.